Welcome back, folks. Good to have you with us here on the Mark Steiner Show on your source for cool jazz and more, WEAA 88.9 FM, the voice of the community. We're having an Annapolis hour uh, in this hour, so join us here at 410-319-8888. Email us at talkatsteinershow.org, text us at Mark Steiner. We're going to focus now on, on bail reform, which is huge. It has been a battle ever since I've been on the air for the last 24 years. It's still a battle in the state legislature. Just had a major court decision. We're here with Davon Love, Director of Research and Public Policy for Leaders of a Beautiful Struggle, who's doing the Annapolis months, is in Annapolis lobbying and working for the people's issues. And Doug Colbert, Professor of Law at the University of Maryland School of Law, uh, who, for as long as I've known him, has been at the forefront of the battle for bail reform in this community uh, and to really uh, change it radically and drastically. Um, and so, Doug, there was an appellate court decision. Things are going on in Annapolis itself. What was this appellate court decision? How does it feed into what's happening in Annapolis? Well, it wasn't so much a decision, Mark, as it it was that the Court of Appeals was considering changes that had been recommended by its rules committee that had been proposed by Attorney General Frosch. And basically what the biggest change there was is that poor people and low-income people should not be in jail awaiting trial solely because they don't have the money to post for bail. And that's what we have a lot of people in jail right now. They're not there because they're flight risk. They're not there because they represent a danger to others, but only because they don't have the money. And usually the money is to pay a bail bondsman who takes a 10% fee and keeps that 10%. So it's a very lucrative uh, money system. So what what do the appellate decision mean? Does that mean, what what does it make courts do? And how does it relate to, we'll come over to Dave on here, how does it relate to what's happening in the state legislature? So what it does is it changes the, the procedures for judges, or it affirms, it tells the judges when, if you must set a bail, and they really would like uh, the judges to be thinking about non-money conditions, yeah. but if you are setting a bail, find out what the person's financial resources allow and set a bail that's within a person's ability to pay. Um, and that's a big step because that's what judges should be doing anyhow, but hearing it from the very top, from our highest court, will encourage more judges. So just to be clear, before we turn to Dave on, just to be clear, the, the, the appellate court is not, doesn't mean the judges have to do this, but they're, su- they're strongly suggesting they do this in, as they look at bail. That, am I right? It's what judges are supposed to do in following the law of the state of Maryland. Gotcha. And so what they're supposed to be doing is not choosing money first, but looking for other non-financial options. But, but if you are going to set a money bail... Don't set an amount that you know a person well, I, I, can't. I, I, I'm not going to go over this, but what does don't mean can't or does don't mean don't? Judges have discretion, okay, Mark. Okay, that's what I'm going to be clear. They, right. It's, uh, <laughs> and when you right. have discretion, there are judges who are going to interpret that to say, well, I can't set a bail, so I'm just going to put you in jail without any gotcha. bail at all. I just want to be clear. Right. So, Davon, how does this relate to your work right now in Annapolis? Yeah, so, I mean, the bail bonds industry has really mobilized um, this year in particular um, to try to undermine efforts to address bail reform. Um, A couple of things I want to add on to what Doug said that I think are important is that, you know, a lot of the social scientific data that is done on the effects of bail demonstrate that bail actually does not make the community safer. Right. And there's no evidence that bail is something that ensures that people show up to court and that a lot of the criteria. So so a part of what we're looking to do, as Doug said, is provide non-financial conditions that we think and there's studies that show are more effective and ensuring that people show up to their court date. 
and that help to address the things that may make a person a danger to the community. So if you think about like supervision by community-based organization, right, as an example of something pretrial that would have a more beneficial effect on the individual and the community. So so the legislative push that we're really pushing for, it's a bill sponsored um, by Delegate Eric Barron out of Prince George's County. Um, and it's a bill that, that spells out the non-financial conditions, the, 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 the options um, that a judicial officer has in, in dispensing bail. And the idea is, is that if you provide a large enough array of non-financial conditions, then you've rendered cash bail functionally um, you know, obsolete, right? Um, so that's really the idea. One of the things that you, I think you know, your listeners will find interesting is that the bail bonds industry is hosting a dinner. I've heard about this. Go ahead. But tell <laughs> at, the story. At, yes, I know, at, I know about this. Go ahead. At Ruth's Chris in Annapolis right. on Wednesday the 15th, then they're going to host the, the House Judiciary Committee which is the committee that this bill will be heard. How can that even be allowed? Right? <laughs> you know, but it, but it goes to show, I think, how bold the bail bonds mm. industry has become mm. um, and how effectively they've been able to mobilize to thwart these efforts in the past. Mark, this is this is the way Annapolis works in large part. And or it doesn't ba- work. Or the, the malfunction well, of Annapolis. it's the way, unfortunately, it's the way that all of, most people have accepted as this is the way you do business in Annapolis. So the, the Common Cause came out with a report last week that talked about the enormous amount of money that the bail bondsman, which is the insurance company, by the way, so they're connected together. And they give so much money to the most powerful legislators that we have. So the two chairs of the judiciary committees have received tremendous Senate sums. Senator Valerio of, and the I mean the, the House is Valerio and the Senate is uh, Bobby Zirkin. Bobby Zirkin from right. Pikesville. Right. And and mm-hmm. for years the two of them have consistently uh, prevented reform from taking place uh, in both sides of the street. Uh, when we had Brian Frosch as the chair of the Senate Judicial Proceedings, we often would get it out of the Senate, but then Delegate Valerio either would not let the bill surface or would make sure it didn't pass. But the amount of money, this is a big, lucrative industry, Mark. And it's the view, there's another bill that I, I know Davon will get to also that's being sponsored by Delegate Moon. And that bill calls for the elimination Montgomery County, Montgomery Montgomery County, County. but it's, it's supported by people yep, here yep. in the city as well. And that bill would eliminate money bail. It would eliminate the bail bondsman. It's the recommendations that were was made two years ago, three years ago, by Governor O'Malley's Commission on Pretrial Justice. And they overwhelmingly said that freedom and liberty should not be decided by how much money you have. It should be decided by whether you're a risk to community or a risk of fleeing the jurisdiction. And so in a very bold move, they voted, but it never even got to a hearing because that's how powerful the bondsmen are. So I'm going to come back to something you just said because it twerked something in my head. I want to get it out. But you want to talk about the other bill before I do that? Well, well. so one of the things well, whatever, that— Whatever you want to raise. Go one ahead. of the things that Doug just mentioned um, that I think is important is that— So one of the push, one of the forms of pushback we get to this argument about bail is, is that, well, if you don't provide bail, then judges, judicial commissioners will just block people up, Right. And so this is why, you know, the conversation we've had a lot around a risk assessment tool 
and around investing in pretrial services to provide those alternatives is going to be key. And I think it's an important supplement to the idea of elimination of cash bail, right? Because what we want is we want to be able to provide the services so that there are options available to a judicial officer to say if a person, you know, requires, you know, drug treatment, right, that that can be a part of the pretrial services process, right, um, as opposed to just deciding, well, because of your addiction, you may be a threat to society, and we're going to just lock you up and hold you until your trial, right? So, so the importance of investing in pretrial, the importance of developing a risk assessment tool um, that's community-centered and based, right, that's co-designed by folks in community, um, that's dispensed by community, um, and also investing, again, in the array of non-financial conditions, mm-hmm, right, and mm-hmm. in the form of pretrial services um, that, that can address the issues that otherwise might cause a, a judicial officer to say that someone needs to stay and pretrial. One of the things that Brian Frost was quoted in the, talking about, and we've ta- he and I have talked about this in the air before, is, as he was quoted, saying, we have to make very robust investments in our pretrial justice system that will save ultimately millions and millions of dollars. Right. Uh, and follow up by Sharice Burdeen, who's chief executive officer of Pretrial Justice Institute, which is an advocacy group saying the same kind of thing. But that's a big piece of this. I mean, we have to reinvest where the money is so pretrial is there and not incarceration. Well, and that's what we saw this week. There was a big article about New Jersey eliminating yes. money bail and cash bail. Yes. And, you know, Governor Christie, who's a good friend of Governor Hogan, understands that there are people who need to be in jail because they represent a danger, but most people do not. And most people need to get back to jobs and families and school and and, uh, sometimes drug treatment programs. So what the Court of Appeals did yesterday was to really affirm and to communicate to its judges that we really don't want you to be using money bail. If you have to use it, find out what's needed. But we want to provide these other services. We want to give people what they need. And that was a very strong message uh, that our highest court delivered yesterday. So New Jersey has ended money bail? New Jersey has eliminated a cash bail for cash all bail. intensive purposes. It's no longer in the equation. And and so have other states, too. See, I really feel, Mark, that this is the bail bondsman's last stand. The reason that Common Core said that they are the number, that Maryland is the number uh, three state in the country, that's how much money Maryland legislators are getting, is that the bail bondsmen see the writing on the wall here. And they're really, the reason that Davon is talking about what's going on in Annapolis, they're coming forward with everything. They'll take legislators to dinner. They'll go, come around with bearing gifts of all different kinds um, because that's part of the lobbying uh, situation. We need right now participation from the community, from the public. People who are listening have to really call, and they have to call their uh, legislative leaders. Uh, They have to call Vice Chair Dumais. They have to call uh, uh, Delegate Moon, Delegate uh, Barron, and they have to call their Baltimore people. And Baltimore County people. Because this is why the opportunity is there, and we should take advantage of it. So I, I would argue legislatively, um, you know, folks that live in the area, I mean, I think it's going to be very important for people to put pressure on Bobby Zirkin. Um, Bobby Zirkin is the chair of the Senate Judicial Proceedings Committee. He historically has been oppositional to a lot of the stuff that we put forward around criminal justice, police reform. Um, and it's it, and, and if you have listeners that are constituents, right, it'll be very helpful for folks to, to really demonstrate your op- your support rather 
um, of pretrial reform um, because it's really those chairs of both those committees. Now, Valerio is Prince George's County. Right. Um, and, and we're in, co- we're in you know, uh, partnership with folks in Prince George's County um, that have actually worked to try to get some of his constituents to put pressure on him. Um, but those two chairperson positions are going to be huge. And I think, you know, the be- in terms legislatively, the best way to help b- would be to put pressure on both Zirkin and, and Valeria. So I, just going back for a minute, so that, uh, just for quick, for in the four or five minutes we have left here, or three minutes, actually it's four minutes, yeah. Uh, five, he says. Thank you so much, brother. <laughs> I'm sure I have my timing right. So um, is, I remember we've had these discussions in the air for a long time, a long time. And what was it, 2014? During the legislative session, there was this huge piece where they had this commission. The commission met, made up of everybody. Bail bonds were even on the commission. And the commission's final report said, do away with the bail bonds industry. We don't need the cash bail system. So, but it, and, and that was the recommendation. The report was squashed, was never allowed to come to light of day in Annapolis by the leaders in the, of the, uh, in the Senate and the House, especially the Senate side. And that, is, I mean, that to me is where the, the crime begins. I mean, so because that's not even on the table right now. Well, I mean, like Doug said, there is a bill. Delegate Moon has a bill um, that would eliminate cash bail. Um, and, and I think that, you know, in Annapolis, I think part of the issue is that the bail bond industry has mobilized enough that even though that that report said that we should eliminate cash bail to a lot of legislators, it's a controversial thing to, to, to push forward, you know, on that front. So I think it'll be important I mean, that's why I stress so much, like, and, and Doug has mentioned it, it's really important for the public to demonstrate their outrage at the fact that this industry continues to exist in Maryland. Um, because it's, because when you're in Annapolis, as you know, it's very insulated from the larger right. public, right? right? Um, and so legislators don't necessarily get to hear the outrage that folks in community have about it. It's going to be essential. Um, you know, they are, bail bonds industry already has uh, what we call dummy bills, Right. So bills that are Dummy put, bills. What's that mean? This idea of putting forward bills that are supposed to be compromise bills. Right. They're essentially an effort to really, you know, divert the, the energies. Um, one other quick thing I want to mention before we go off air. Um, you know, we, we actually wrote a piece um, that we published on our website a few days ago about major. Right. Which is kind of the Maryland Alliance of, of, of Criminal Justice, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I just wanted to mention it, at least very briefly, is because. One of the so so there are conversations about ending pretrial and addressing criminal justice issues, but but too often folks that are most directly impacted are not in charge of the legislative process in terms of demanding what the non-negotiables are. Um, and Major is a majority white organization that has really over two years been able to position themselves in the forefront of the issue, without any formal mechanisms of accountability, particularly to organizations like Alpha Justice, whose membership is led by folks who are formerly incarcerated and women led too. Right, and so it's, and so it's important um, that as we pursue the legislative ask um, that you're supportive, you know, of, of LBS, of Alpha Justice, and other organizations that are explicitly accountable to the people most directly affected. On, on terms of our legislative ask. And so that's why I made it a point to talk specifically about Delegate Barron's bill. Um, you know, Major has, you know, a couple of other bills, right? But I think it's important if you're interested in supporting the community, um, supporting the bill um, that's sponsored by Delegate Barron. And we'll post it once we get a bill number. 
We'll post it to our website so your listeners will have it available to and, them. And we will come back to this. We have about a minute and a half left, Doug. Why don't you close out here for well, us? Well, so Delegate Moon's bill is the other bill that the coalition, of which Davon and other community groups are a part of, and we've approved those two bills. But what's really important here is to educate the public about the bail bondsmen. See, this is really a vestige of the past, Mark. The bail bondsmen treat the people who put up bail as property. They have the right to arrest you. They have the right to put you in jail. They have the right to enter your home. They don't need any warrant. This is a vestige from the days of yesteryear when slavery was the land was the law of the land where Important people point. were owned as property. So we it's not just the, uh, an incredibly lucrative industry, but it's also one that is so outdated, so uh, a rejection of the past. So that's why I really believe that this is the year when the public should weigh in and say, no more money bail, no more bail bondsmen, get the services, do risk assessment, do all the things that provide a sensible and cost-effective program. Doug Colbert is professor of law at the University of Maryland Carey School of Law. Dave on Love, director of research and public policy for leaders of a beautiful struggle. Uh, contact your legislators wherever they are about the bail bonds industry, about these bills. We will cover this more before the legislative session is out. For longer times, we'll have the bail bonds back on for a debate as well as we have, let they know where we stand. Uh, but so, but. But please do that, whether it's contents and Zirkin or any of the others. So, Doug Colbert, Davon Love, thank you both so much for the work you're doing in Annapolis, and thank you so much for being in the studio. Yep, thank, thank you, you so much, Mark. We're taking a short break. When we come back, we will be looking at the trend and talking about parole reform for inmates facing life sentences in Maryland, another critical issue around criminal justice facing Annapolis. Stay with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> 